What's up, everybody? Welcome to your kind of funny God of War spoiler cast, games cast special, whatever the hell we're actually putting in the title. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside eh, Tim Geddes. Let's him host. Thank you very much. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. I appreciate Greg. that you beat. Oh, is this, is this a new jacket? No. Oh, it, just, it looked like it was velvet for a second. Amazon.com. Cool oh, jacket. Just look for it. How are you feeling? You over? You had a marathon God of War this weekend. I bet it was a good time. Okay, good. That's we'll, good. We'll talk about that in a second. Over here, my Hispanic heartthrob, Andy Cortez. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting a greeto this early in the morning. It's Ooh, early, man. You got to get warmed up. Get the energy up. And over there, man of the hour from Sony Santa Monica, Corey Barlock. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you it's for so coming. It's so wonderful to be here. I know you haven't talked about this game anywhere. So <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful you were able to get, we were able to get this exclusive. Have you come in and do this with Fantastic. us? Fantastic. Finally, we can grill him. Jesus. I know, right? No, no, no more. No more. No more of the, the side glances when you're trying to. You got to look right. over the PR person what you can and can't say. You can say I will you still want be twenty-two percent evasive. Yeah, um, right. All right, fine. So if you are. didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is a kind of funny spoiler cast where we're going to spoil all of God of War. The gloves are off. If you haven't played through God of War and beaten God of War, you have no business watching this video or Go listening away. to this podcast. Go away. This it'll is be not here. the spoiler cast you're looking it'll for. It'll be here when you're done. You, it'll wait for you. It doesn't have an expiration date. It doesn't go sour. Andy, does the milk go sour when we're talking about videos? Never, Greg Miller. Never. That's what I'm talking about over there. That's that's some <laughs> quality improv right yeah, there. That was your chance. <laughs> to stop and get out, all right? Joey! Oh, Joey Good. hasn't beaten it, so I want to make sure she can't hear us. She I, very, she, I don't know why she came in so early. I thought she'd come in late. Instead, she, she, came in she and wanted to make sure she didn't come in during the middle of it and then having to do... Yeah. You gotta leave. I'm, this is it. We're starting right now. Just you gotta put on your earmuffs. You got... Headphones on. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Then get it. Go. Go, because now I'm going to start. It's going to start right now. It's happening. Bang on the wall when you're ready. <laughs> she screamed. I don't know if she might have fallen about the bang. Okay. All right, so I want to start it right now. <laughs> All right, it's real. You're going to fucking tell me this kid's Loki the whole time. You're going to tell You're me? You're going to sit there with a straight fucking right. face and do this to me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a There was a moment towards the end. It wasn't the very end. It's when you're going up. It's after the big climax and stuff, and you're going up the mountain. Like, you know where things are going, mm. or so you think. And then you start seeing the things on the wall. And I looked over at my girlfriend, who'd been watching me play the whole time, and I'm like, that motherfucker's Loki. Now, I thought... In the beginning. When you looked at the wall, you saw that. Nice. The stranger, I thought, thought, was Loki. You thought yeah. it was. In the very beginning. I've yeah. heard that, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that he was Loki as well. And I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. We're going to get this reveal. And it didn't happen. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then it was after the credits were walking down, and then it happened. I'm like, thank you. Fucking thank you. They and said, she was like, <laughs> I saw Balder, and I was like, let me Google maybe in a different sort of mythology, he really is Loki. Like, I just could have sworn he was. And then the big reveal came, and it was... Awesome and chills and goosebumps and everything. Oh, like that. well, that's amazing! Fantastic. Of course, we asked the audience to write in to yep. kind of funny. We've already shut down the spoiler cast thing, so you can't write it now. It's too late. You should have been yeah. looking at us on Twitter. But Keylock wrote in and said this. So I couldn't resist another. Well, I didn't put the first one in Keylocks, don't worry. But was it intentional to avoid trickster powers for Atreus that would hint at him being Loki? I mean, Nordic lore states he's the reason for Baldur's death, so I guess that kind of hints at it enough. Kinda. But was there any foreshadowing you wish you could have done for Atreus but felt like you didn't because it would have given it away? Oh, we did a lot of it in there. A really? Lot, Tell a me lot more, because that's the thing. Is like I, I come in like you an don't idiot. know what you miss. I'm right. a yeah. big moron. What I know about Norse mythology is the Marvel Cinematic Universe right. of Thor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're okay. not a moron though. Like uh, Norse mythology is not widely known. I didn't know anything about it. Like I knew what Marvel and Lord of the Rings taught me. Yeah. Right? But when I started researching this, uh, I found it was a very confusing web. 
right? Because there are multiple <laughs> translations. There are scholars that that dispute so many aspects of it, uh, whether or not several characters are actually one character, mm. um, the the lineage of things. And you also have kind of the, the Christianization to pull people away from paganism. So there was a lot of sort of changes to the mythology over the years. So it is a very confusing thing but in the game there's one that i'm not going to tell anybody because i want people to find it. i think it's amazing but when you find it you're like son of a bitch it was there the whole <laughs> time it was there the whole time yeah. but i mean this one was more you deep layer you got to look for it but when uh you have the demigod reveal when he actually tells his son oh that he is a god what is the first animal he asks if he can turn into a bird no can i turn into an animal can i turn into a wolf loki associated with the wolves the children so that was one okay uh we also have uh one we didn't translate but we sort of indicate towards so that when he's talking to the world serpent the world serpent in the language that we've sort of created for him because it was very a, loud and booming yeah, booming yeah, yeah and loud. <laughs> he actually talks about how he uh, recognizes him so mm-hmm. and that's why he says huh curious you know uh nothing never mind yeah uh so that one obviously is harder for people to get um and then, you know, him being the, the instigator for the, the death of Boulder. Sure. Him being kind of associated with that. Um, and, you know, like I said, the first one, there, there are two things at the beginning of the game. One that will tell you almost everything, if you look. <coughs> and then one. What is it? Tell me what it is. It's the spoiler cast. But that, no, that one I want to save for people because it, it, that is like, you got to find it and then go, seriously. It Tom Hiddleston there, pops out and he like <laughs> winks at the camera. Hiddleston did Looking one line. Good, little right. man. <laughs> and he does like, a smile with the tongue. <laughs> Super villain goals. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the Loki thing, interestingly, when we first wrote the story, he was not Loki, right? Oh, it really? was, uh, we were still trying to figure out, like, I hadn't figured out the kid's name. Uh, until after E3 2016. But after I figured out the name and I gave the writers the story uh, that he tells at the end about Atreus, yeah. the, the the warrior that he fought with. Which um, was, by the way, such an awesome fucking payoff. Yeah. Where they, he finishes and Atreus like, it, it, wow, you told a good story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell so a good, good. story. <laughs> and, and that was, uh, I, I had been agonizing over what we were going to name this kid and uh just mostly stalling and procrastinating sure. uh for a long time and Pokey? i knew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and i had a bunch of different names but like you know it had to mean something but it had to mean something more personal to kratos sure. right and i wrote one uh, a couple of different stories that were were sort of of kratos's past experiences he had in different battles and then that the one that ended up sort of rising to the top was the one that I was like, all right, I think this one is it. And we had made a huge list of names and everybody was very worried about Atreus being associated with a god. And I said, actually, that's kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people will see the name and then assume, ooh, I know what this is. They'll look it up and they'll try to associate with that. But you can see that it's more about Kratos having the personal connection. Like he never, people say, oh, why didn't you name him Demos? But I mean, you know, if you know the story of what's going on, that's a pretty painful memory for him. So yeah. to look at his son and say Demos every time would be way too painful for him, I think, to keep bringing that up. And then he would never name it after a hero or a god. Like, he doesn't idolize any of them. But to idolize somebody that actually stayed positive, that had hope, right, is so antithetical to Kratos, but actually so much of giving you an insight into his inner life, right, that, that sure. there is a desire, that little bit of hope that... He didn't give to mankind that he left inside of there, but locked way deep inside. So, but after that, the writers had come into my office and said, you know, I have an idea. I have a pitch. 
Uh, and the pitch they gave me was literally the exact line that we ended up using, which was like, okay, so he goes and reads the, the, the mural. They go spread the ashes, and they're walking back, and Atreus looks at him and says, okay, so I get it. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a god part giant, uh, but the, the thing that was confusing is they kept getting my name wrong on the mural. They kept calling me Loki, and this was exactly how Matt Sophos had pitched it, and I was mm. like, uh, where have you been my whole life? Why didn't I come up with this, <laughs> right? Uh, I was like, instantly, we have to do this, 100%, right? Because it started fitting into the overarching theme of I wanted Atreus to be way more connected to this world, and, you know, there's so much history behind Loki that is what we're going to tell in the future, right? And our perspective on it is like everything. We've sort of taken a, a bit of the myth and then really changed it to what works best for the overarching story. It still respects, I think, the core material, but it says, this is our take. Whereas Marvel takes their own take, we've mm -hmm. kind of had the similar. From a how, game oh, I'm sorry. Go. From a game development standpoint, I, how early on was that decision made to call him Loki? Like... Ooh, it was it was several years in. I mean, we had See, we had a lot of stuff my mind. Yeah, it boggles my mind. But that's the that's the beautiful part about working with uh, not only a team but an amazing team is that being open to really great ideas that just come out of nowhere, right? And we shot a bunch of stuff, so there was still like, a, okay, there's an impact, and there's a little hair hair pulled out from producers that when I say, all right, this is what we're gonna do, uh, but we had already started subconsciously peppering some of these things in. Right, we had already been looking at like his ability to summon creatures. Right, is a bit of the beginnings of that. But as with every character in this universe, I want to look at it slightly differently. I think Loki simply being the trickster is fantastic if that's where he ends up at. If you find that his arrival at that personality, that sort of description, comes because he went through a very circuitous route, mm. that he didn't begin that way. You know, that that perhaps it's a defense mechanism. Perhaps it is what the world made him, right? Baldur is a perfect example of, you know, in the myth, he was the beautiful adored one, right? Yeah. He was the, the, the touched one, the one who felt like, you know, this is the aspirational goal of Baldur. He is loved by everybody, right? But But I think looking at him as a tragic figure, right? A figure who's not a villain, but who the world put him in that place. And it was love that actually took him there. It was his mother's love that actually pushed him towards that because she took over his decision-making, right? And it's like a fantastic cautionary tale for Kratos who begins the game trying to take over the decision-making for his child, right? Because his history. Yeah. He believes, hey, look, if I could have never known about any of this crap, would my life have been better? No, but he doesn't know that. He's 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 still figuring all that stuff out. He's got to figure it out on that that path. And I think that to me is fertile sort of character development. That is amazing. Well, sure. I mean, that's what terrifies me about Atreus slash Loki now is the fact that knowing how Loki's tale usually goes, and not really knowing, but knowing that he turns into Top Hiddleston and he keeps doing all right. those things. Uh, but he turns into kind of like a snail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole deal. Stabby. Right. <laughs> What a great movie. You've you got to watch Thor Ragnarok. I'm sure you've never seen it. it. <laughs> I haven't had a chance yet to see it. Really? Oh. I am super excited. Yeah, oh we gosh. don't really get a lot of, like, like my wife and I uh, watch mostly TV shows because we have about an hour to an hour yeah. and a half. Sure, 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 sure. She's totally fine with 
pausing a movie and watching no. the last 10 minutes the next day. I can't do it. No, no, no. I no, got to no. watch a movie in one sitting. Yeah. And that is, there's a lot of conflict between us because of that. Um, that's, that's the biggest that's man. Yeah. Life. That's my yeah. life. That's 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 life. Yeah. I love you, Gia. <laughs> uh, that's what scares me about going forward is that I loved, in, I mean, I love the game period, obviously. I've told you that before. Uh, but I love how Atreus's hope and heart are he's so pure in the way of like well yeah we're gonna help people that's what we do like in right. every time it comes around where he wants to do one of the side missions and help one of the ghosts or whatever and kratos is like why why do you want to do this and he's like mm. well we we have to they're in need and like you see kratos waver sometimes on it and feel a little bit for it but also always be trying to teach that hard lesson of you're gonna get let down like yeah. keep it don't have expectations and you'll never be to get to the end and find out that he is Loki it worries me then for what you're going to continue to do in this uh, franchise one day of going in and taking him to a darker side and what he's going to see and even obviously the illusions here of like you know I know how hard it is for Kratos to admit to Atreus who he is and what he's done and that he did kill his own father because there are so many lines before that of like when we hear other mythos about it or you hear other stuff in the Norse mythology and Atreus is like that's crazy why would he kill his own dad and you right. see like Kratos just kind of like fretting his seat for yeah, a second yeah. and then seeing that last panel on the wall mm. towards the end it's like oh fuck yeah like can what does they it mean? avoid that I don't know what could it mean what's the last panel on the wall the, I would take it as that Artreus is going to kill Kratos that's what you think yeah yeah it seems pretty is that what it means seems pretty on the <laughs> nose there yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Kratos being like I'm going to show you that one like, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, keep yeah. moving kid yeah. no, <laughs> that, that one is a really good one for the audience to determine what do what does it mean to them right yeah right because it is sort of a little bit of that mystery of like okay I am not Faye so therefore, I can't clearly see the future. I take at face value what I'm seeing. What does it mean? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's an interesting sort of potential future. I think and it's it, interesting to to ask what else it could mean. <laughs> right? What else could it mean? There's him a lot laying, of him laying him to rest. Right? You know what I mean? He didn't do the killing blow, but he's right there at the end. But he was there. Yeah. Um, First off, hats to the environment team and the art team. Just everything's they are absolutely incredible. Brilliant. Yeah, and uh. All of the different awesome set pieces to look at were just beautiful, right? But the for some reason, what really made me just my jaw drop was getting to the top, looking over at Jotunheim and seeing all of the giants sprawled oh, over yeah. the mountains. Oh, just yeah. phenomenal. Like I, I, I'd assume that the concept art was very, very similar to what the final product could have been, and like beautiful. Just yeah, fantastic. I mean, the, the concept is always that, that fantastic start, and emotionally, I think it was, was the, the springboard, but it always kind of modifies. You bring in other people, and they start taking uh, a little bit of their own perspective on it and just elevating it so right. far beyond. And something else I want to say at that, that end point, because the interesting thing that was set up when the realization of, you know, the Atreus is going to be Loki had come up, this aspect of the sort of B story, the B story that was really deep layer that I still hadn't, I think, coalesced in my head, uh, started to bubble up to the top. This idea of identity. Identity has been such a big part of this franchise, but it's just not been a part that we've really delved super deep in. And I think for Kratos, there's this really cool aspect of he desires very deeply a, a different identity, right? He's been, he's been sort of given... Uh, by his parents uh, and the circumstance, the identity that he has. And then deep down inside, there is a desire, I think, for I wish things were different. And now at the end of the game, 
Atreus is given an opportunity, right? An opportunity that, that really Faye orchestrated all along, that she sort of assuaged to the idea that, look, he, I want to call him Loki, you want to call him Atreus. I'm okay with doing that because I don't know if he's ready to be called Loki. And that when he's given the opportunity to see that he has one identity that he's become comfortable with, and that identity is attached now to finally connecting with his father, uh, he's presented this other identity. He's given that crossroads to say, it, like that point that when we go to college and we can reinvent ourselves, what, who do we want to be? Who are we? I have an Australian accent. Nobody knows that. Right. And you, and you hold it back, right? <laughs> and then maybe you should just let it fly free, yeah. right? Yeah. Throw a little minute work, a little mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Absolutely. <laughs> Star quarterback in high school. Right. You guys, I, you don't look it up though, but you guys know that. <laughs> Was it hard to show restraint with characters like Thor and Odin and Loki? Because they're mentioned a lot in the game, but then yeah. well, you obviously don't really yeah. get too much of them. I mean, we had the thing in the beginning where the, the first draft that was written uh, with me, Rich Gobert, and Shane Lee's gang, um, I realized after we had put a bunch of work into this thing, eight months or so, we we're writing the second game. You know, we there was a really cool idea that we sort of sprung from, but it wasn't supporting the the father and son story. It wasn't supporting sort of the core concept of family and how we interact. And I had to make that hard decision of saying, like, look, I know we put a lot of work in this, but we're writing the second game. We can't do this, right? We we if we overwhelm ourselves with the the sort of widely known characters, they overshadow, I think, the the concept that we're doing. And part of the reason of choosing North Myth was the isolation, the ability to focus on these two characters and put them in this amazing world, but also not make it feel like you're doing a ton of, oh yeah, I know all these characters yeah. and they become the stars, right? It was the conflict we always had with the the blades in the previous games, that when you add a new weapon, that new weapon can't overshadow the blades. The blades are sort of the iconic uh, main weapon. So we always struggle with that. And I think that helped me when I realized like, okay, this is, this sucks. Like, like not sucks because the writers did anything wrong. They did exactly what we were trying to do. It's just, I was wrong. I was steering them in the wrong direction. And that was a hard, hard shift, right? It caused a lot of conflict. Uh, but in the end it was for the better. It it made things better. So, and it made us realize like, okay, the presence of these characters being felt is more powerful, right? That their that their impact, that that you never really see them, or when you do see them, it's very minimal and it sets something up to say, All right, you've told me the beginning of this story. Now I'm ready to buckle up and get yeah. ready for the next one. And that was the thing I took away from it. You know, when we were describing it on the review with Jared, I was talking about how the easiest way for me to pitch it to the people who hadn't played it yet was it it reminded me a lot of a play where we had this cast of characters that wasn't hundreds of characters long, but people came in and went out and came back in, and I knew more about them when they came back in based on this. Was in it. It's, it felt, in terms of a character roster and motivations, I kept saying it, smelt, it felt small and intimate in a good way. Yeah. In the fact that I had relationships with these people, that you know, when the stranger shows up the first time and we fight him and I break his neck and throw him off, there's that thing of like, he'll probably be back, but then for so long he's not talked about on this journey. Or I'm just yeah. like, no, he's dead. And then no, he's back and it is this. And he's, we started getting into it that yeah. by the time we got to the ultimate fight there, right? And it's me and, it's me and uh, Balder fighting, Freya's yelling, all this stuff's happening. I had forgotten the fact that when I started this game, I was so sure of like, all right, kill the stranger. Now I'm going to move on. Eventually Thor is going to show up. We'll fight him and it'll all end with me fighting Odin. You know what I mean? I'm seeing Odin's ravens. Of course, I'm going to run into him at the end of this. When it actually stopped and it finished and I got to the top of the mountain, I was like, wow, what a great, oh wait, hold on. 
Like none of the things I thought that were gonna happen happened. This was just it was just in quotes this one That's story. Mean. Odin's like, quit killing my ravens, man. Right. Yeah, man. Hey, man, I just want to see. Hey, I just want to know what's going on. Chill even out, even the shopkeepers though. Like I love that. Like oh yeah, God. the entire cast Brock, of characters is come what, on. eight characters, including yeah. uh, <laughs> Thor's kids. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I feel like all of them I, I felt for in yeah. some way, and I, I you know I loved the coming back to them constantly, and like it was a cool thing, and I loved that. Uh, I agree with you where as I was going up, especially at the end of the mountain, I was like, wow, there's so much shit that I thought I was going to do that I didn't. Yeah. And I thought that was a good thing because I mean, Kevin, were talking before we beat it. We're like, oh, so we're going to go to Asgard. Yeah. Like, that's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. We didn't. And like on top of that, uh, when you go into tears, little shrine, house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you're looking around, it's like then you start getting all these hints of like other mythologies. And yeah. I'm like, are you about to drop some like Chinese shit on me? Right. Like, <laughs> that would be nuts. Right. What was yeah. that, Kevin, back there? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. the helmet, the Egyptian helmet that Atreus is trying on in the treasure room. Like, all of it is, like, little subtle indicators. I love it. it helps build the mythology of Tyr being this this uh, sort of beloved god that began a lot of the Norse myths before the Azer gods came in and kind of kicked them out. Uh, but he was connected to a lot of other things. There's things in the myth that show there was connections, and whether or not this is legit or if it is literally just somebody expanding on the stories, that there was connections between Roman gods and Norse gods, right? Even a small connection between that shows that, all right, you know, precursor to the Viking era where they were sailing all everywhere was potentially the gods and the monsters actually connecting to other geographic locations. So, How much was a, of a pain in the ass was the single-shot camera? <laughs> I, I can't imagine having to sculpt a game around this single idea yeah it uh it was a lot of attention and a lot of stress in the beginning uh and then i passed that stress on to doria rousey and everybody Fantastic. else on the amazing cinematics <laughs> team to deal with and then you know got passed on to gameplay and g trough and everybody else on the engineering side to figure out how are we going to connect all this stuff right yeah. uh it it was a non-stop sort of learning experience for us to find new tricks um and many 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 conversations of why don't we just cut here you know like well it's fine just cut here like yeah even uh, when we go uh, and do white fades it, the white fades are solely because we've edited something out and we have to travel a little bit further so we just don't want to show that traveling it's like ah pacing wise it's just not that good the camera still doesn't cut it simply moves to that location we just kind of cover it up just a little bit because of sort of late game edits that we had to do but at no point do we ever feel like we have to cut except for the battle i lost in the beginning which was, if you saw that stream, you saw that uh, Kratos was like pulling the axe off and like slotting in runes inside the, the game. That was the original intent of all the UI, was everything was going to be in the game. But as we started realizing all the upgrading you needed to do and everything you need to do, it just felt like it's just unrealistic. Like sure. that's, a, that's a battle that I don't think it's worthwhile for anybody to fight mm. uh, on the first one because we have so many things to do. Like, like maybe that. there's something we do on the next one to kind of eliminate going to uh the the menu screen yeah uh but yeah it's we need brock and Sindri back there you don't do this to don't us get rid of them Talk we need to watch them put those fucking runes in those slots guys oh yeah, yeah. yeah i love those guys they are they are amazing um a great arc for them too i was gonna say and that's i think one of the you know other super impressive things about this game is that you made me give a shit about these brother blacksmiths right. you know what I mean? yeah. people I who are just there to the take store. my stuff and make my stuff better and get yeah. out yeah i actually cared about reuniting them and atreus cared about it and that yeah. made me care more and that was the original sort of edict that i said any character involved in here is going to be a sort of reflection, a mirror to, to either teach them something or they will teach someone else something. 
So that they each impact the world, the world impacts them, and that there is no ancillary characters. We're talking about even some of the the spirits that they run into yeah. around the lake. They learn something, right? They learn a little bit about the reality of letting go, you know, when they run into uh, Gulveg, right? And Gulveg is the perfect example of, you know, don't believe uh, people when they promise you something that you know in your heart is unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. Right? And Kratos and I think, trying to teach that as he yeah. goes through, or with, as they go through. And right? everybody everybody has a lesson. I, I think initially when I talked to people, I said it was the Resident Evil, what are you buying? What yeah. are you selling, yeah, right? Yeah. I said, but imagine if you actually understood what was going on with that person? Why is and he just every that time giant black you, Yeah, how is right. he everywhere? Yeah, how is he everywhere? Where's What's his he accent from? Yeah. And it's funny you say that too because I got Resident Evil Four vibes from this game, yeah. like mainly from the, the 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 pacing of the gameplay and the pacing of the story as well. Where I feel the thing this game does best is go from small battles to big battles, but both of them feeling equally as epic and equally as important as you go That's through. Cool. Yeah. And I think the camera really helped with all that. And it's like. This might be one of the, the most well-paced games I've ever played, and Resident Evil 4 is another oh, one I would put up there as well. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think I was t- telling Greg this, like, because Greg obviously got the game before all of us did, and, and then I... I'm more important than everyone. Right. Yeah, we, we got it a few days later. Um, they got my scraps. And uh, <laughs> and I don't think anybody had started it up, but I was... I had maybe for the first night played, like, the first three hours, and I was just blown away, and I was talking... As soon as I got to work, I was like... He was like, God of War? I was like, God of War, dude. And... Um, and the, that's literally all you said. That was the whole it, conversation. Man. Walked away I got in my car and I left. <laughs> Never and be seen. Party mode. <laughs> and we looked and uh, and we talked about it. Just how uh, in the beginning of the game, before it opens up to say, "Hey, go explore and do your thing." In the Lake of the Nine, yeah, yeah, it does feel um, it does feel just so impeccably paced, going from story to. Uh, to conflict, to more story, to conflict, and it never feels like I, I get this feeling in a lot of open world games where you're sort of let free and you sort of lose momentum yep. in a way. Yep. And I didn't feel that at all. So hats off to whoever the fuck's idea that was. <laughs> <laughs> the credits were long. There's someone in there. Yeah. Little, everybody was involved in in getting that to where it was. Uh, that initial concept was sort of the when your parents taught you how to ride a bike. They're holding on to you and right, running along with you a little bit, wobbly handlebars, right? If they let go too early, you're going to wobble and you're going to crash, right? And it is that trick of figuring out when is the perfect time to let go. And we went back and forth. I had many people coming and saying, 45 minutes, we better be in the the, the exploration. And I was like, That's, it's too early. And they're like, I find 60 minutes. I'm like, no. I'm like, we need to set everything up. You need to care about all these sort of characters beforehand. You need to establish everything. And then you need to get to the point where you think, oh, well, this is all the game is. Yep. That is the magic point. It's the same thing with, with, with Balder is that the trick doesn't work if you immediately show Balder again, like we had a lot of feedback during the playtest to say like, oh, the, the, you know, the main villain disappears and I don't hear from him for a while. That was the point. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be the main villain. There is no main villain. He is simply another person in this world who has a tragic story that intersects, right? And it is a, a, a fantastic story of mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. Him showing up at your house and being as vague as he is being, right? Because he's just so certain, uh, is you thinking, all right, Kratos is all about, this is all about me, right? Everything's all about me. But the reality is it has nothing to do with him, right? And yeah. you look at the rest of the world as a whole and you're like, wow, this, it really doesn't, right? He's, he is small in this world. He is not the focal point. He is not the thing that everybody's searching out. His actions create attention to him. 
so he and his son become a focal point. But yeah, that that beginning was hard earned, I think, for us that we really had to go back and forth a lot. Um, it works so well, and it's even even the reveal. I feel so like for me, I went and played the two and a half hours down at Sony Santa Monica, right? Yep. Awesome stuff. Really enjoyed it. Come back to everybody how amazing it is. But I always thought it was a, it was an interesting place to cut when we cut because it cuts right when we come back with like the mystical warthog back to oh, the right. witch's tree. See Charlie, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so I you remember- had got to the fight already. You'd gone to the Balder fight. Oh yeah, that's oh, so cool. Early. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. But I got through all of that, and then you and when I played, I played through all of it again at home. When you leave the tree is when they're like, all right, here's the compass. And I was like, oh, and I texted Aram, our, our, our you know our PR guy, and I was just like, hey. I, I, I'm really still awesome. Now I see why you cut where you cut because you didn't uh, want yeah. me to know that. And then playing further, and when you get to Lake of the Nine, and then a little bit further, when it's like, all right, cool. Now it's really open. Yep. Now it really is go do what you want. And I text him again. I'm like, I was wrong to even say that was what you were hiding. Like, <laughs> it's just you gave the breadcrumb of this. Cool. And then to go there and then finally blow it up even longer uh, out uh, further out to be like, this is what everything is. It's like, wow, I did this not expect was this. Born in paranoia as well. Like that wasn't the plan. The plan was to stop at the serpent reveal and it always felt weird to me. I didn't know why, but I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach constantly. Like, am I doing the right thing? And I'm like, no, I got to trust it. This is the the idea. And I think it was probably two weeks before the preview event that I was like, just came to the office. I said, no, we can't do it. We have to, we have to cut earlier. You know, we have, and we don't have a way to do it. That was the problem is that so much of this game was, right at the very end getting everything done yeah. we did not have the bandwidth to actually create a demo stop so it was basically like all right well the cinematic is so long that we're able to kind of say all right well we can always stop people mm. we can see the cinematic starts and then like go over to them and tap them on the shoulders simply because we didn't have the bandwidth for any programmers to put in an actual demo stop and i kind of just ruffled some feathers and went in and it's like this is what you got to do and everyone's like well wait a minute we're planning on doing this we got to show people more of the game they would need to see this bigger i'm like no 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 this is the surprise. This is a surprise that we want people to have when they're actually reviewing it to go, oh my God, right? That yep. this is, I didn't realize it was going to open up like this. And after passionately pleading to several people and everybody kind of going like, no, I think this is right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It makes sense. Uh, I had to then figure out how we're going to do it. And Cheat Shroff, one of the, the lead gameplay engineer, had figured out the idea that, all right, what we're going to do is just introduce a crash. So when it says the demo's over, it actually, he just introduced a crash specifically at that point. So it's like the most ghetto version of like a demo ending ever. It's awesome. Uh, but it's still like, that is, uh, I think the testament of like one, trusting your instincts and being open even at the last second to change something. Yeah. Like that I think is the, the hallmark of what we do, but also, you know, like our, our homies over at Naughty Dog, man, those guys are, Hacks. They, they are they're absolutely wonderful look these guys are willing to throw out things at the last second they're willing to go re-examine something right at the, the the final bell and it's inspirational for me when i hear some of the stories of what they've done and make those calls to kind of go like all right it gives me a little bit more confidence to say like i, I need to trust this i need to trust it even though if everybody all 300 people are looking at you going you're an idiot don't do this like if it feels like the right thing to do, you got to trust it. And then if it fails, at least it's your fault, right? As opposed to, oh man, I wish I would have done this, you know? Yeah. Have you or other people on the team had conversations or felt offended by the reaction to God of War PS4? Because I feel a lot offended. of it, a lot of it is 
people like me of like, hey, Kratos always sucked as a character. Oh, I was never into oh. him because of this, that, or the other. This game is awesome. And I even and I'll just keep throwing the heat on myself of me being like, I look at this game the same way I looked at Horizon last mm. year, where That's man, a great game. I've known the Gorilla folks forever. I you yeah. know I've covered PlayStation for more than a decade now, and I, I've known Herman forever. And it's always broken my heart that these awesome people didn't get the love, the limelight, all of this like attention in the I great scores yeah. until and then and then Horizon came and every, suddenly it was like, whoa, look at this! These Gorilla guys had I'm like, oh, they've had stuff for years. Yeah. It's the same. I feel like there's something here with that too, where you you guys, Sony Santa Monica have definitely stepped up I feel a level in terms of the way people think of your studio now in the same way people thought of Gorilla in the same way people thought of Naughty Dog with Uncharted 2 when that really came around I don't think no not offended but like uh, I think we have a a fairly good sense of self to understand where we were Um, you know I mean I always compare it to the idea that we you know early games were in our college years you know the idea of we're taking on the industry you want to make the best thing and I fault myself for not being, I think, at that place in my career to look deeper into something, to actually see the forest or the trees. Like, I, I, I know that everything seems to happen at the time it's supposed to happen, right? But I look at it as, like, uh, Janusz Kaminski. He is a director of photography whose first film was Cool as Ice, okay. uh, starring Vanilla Ice. Sure, yeah, of course. He also then went on to DP Schindler's List uh, and won an Academy Award. So I feel like we all, in our journey... We all have uh, our cool as ice. We all have <laughs> our, our cool as ice. And I don't, I don't necessarily think our early games were cool as ice. I think they were more of our beginnings, right? That I think my cool as ice is working here kind of funny. And then eventually... Right. You're eventually going to go Schindler's we'll List. See. It's we'll going to be amazing. Right? I thought your cool as ice was being a football player earlier. Yeah, that's an Australian that accent. That's it. Right? So, yeah, I think that... Uh, for us, our past defines who we are, and we sure. are in, infinitely proud of it. I don't think any of us would go back and put flashlights in a soldier's hands or anything like that. But at the same time, <laughs> I don't think any of us would go back and make the same game, mm. right? They, they exist. They're there. And if you love those, you can go back and continue to play those. But as we move forward, we are influenced by the journey that we're on in life. I love how this game kind of addresses all that via the story. I can especially think that there's the the moment of this game when you get the blades, and uh, I love. Oh, hello, old friend. Yes. I love. Oh my god! And I and I I've never cared for any of the God of War games. I played a little bit of part one, and I didn't even try part two or three, just because they they didn't appeal to me during those days. Like I didn't have a lot of money to buy video games. It was like Metal Gear for me. Metal Gear. That's right, like yeah, really yeah. all I played. Um, That's also a good game, though. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but but yes, to to go along with this blades moment, like for someone who has no past with it, I was suddenly like, oh my god, Kratos, the blades are back. <laughs> like, yeah, no, totally. totally. That's totally right? like you made it all like contextualized <laughs> it in a way that it like it all mattered, even if it didn't before to right. us. And I love how long that moment took. Like I love the build up to get him. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for saying that. Because well, it's that I, moment. I it's the moment where you're like, oh, they're going there. And I, I was telling Greg about this. Like I loved that. I, I mean, it felt like it was 15 minutes of, yeah. and it did that thing where you couldn't sprint. Yep. And whenever yeah. you can't sprint, you, you know, know shit's about to right. get real. And like when you get on the real. boat and you go and you start seeing all the the different characters and hear the voices and stuff, I was I had a moment where I'm like, are they just teasing and we're not gonna get it? Mm. And even that I would have been satisfied with. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. because I feel like the just like it's the idea of it, but right. like I loved him not needing him. But then the moment he got him, I'm like, 
Oh my god, right. this is so hype. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Every, I echo everything they're saying, and it was that thing of I. You know, it was basically media blackout outside of the trailers I'd see at the trade yeah. shows where we'd have to talk about it or whatever, you know, going down to play it. So as entering in with as little information as I had, because I already knew what I, lo- I saw and I already liked what I saw, uh, I never dr- stopped to dream and think. You know what I mean? I was very much like, oh, I'm going to fight Odin one, and I'm going to fight Thor. Right. But I never, I was like, oh, that's the weapon. They're distancing themselves from that. Right. I love how, even playing it when there's callbacks to it and there's, you know, Kratos is wrestling with what to say or what to do and all these different things and making references that obviously uh, talk about his past or make him think about his past. Uh, it was like, cool. I never anticipated that happening. And maybe that's stupid. And maybe every, you know, hardcore God of War fan was like, we clearly are going to get the blades again. Mm. But when it finally happens Thanks to the ESRB, some people already knew. Yeah. See, yeah. And so like when he starts, Oh really? Yeah. Wrestling with the decision in the trophy list too. And all these other different, yeah, the things. trophy list. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but when he, he when he Trophies. got there, like for me, sight and scene, and he just, he's like, I know of one weapon that can, and it was like, Oh wait, really? And then, yeah, he's like wrestling with what? it and then him getting on. And then again, like, you know, Athena, who this is the first time I'm talking about Athena, like in a what a positive light, just talking about it. Usually, I was like Athena, Calliope. Right. You know, it's just like that's all when I'm making fun of Kratos. But for her to pop up and he'd be like, "Get out of my head!" and like, "Da da," and you're right. a monster. And he's like, "I know." And like to go and unwrap him and put him on, and then the all of that, the powerfulness of him wrestling with it, to then be mixed with us having it and having like. Holy shit! This game plays completely differently now. Oh. To go from the axe, which was very methodical, very I'm gonna hang back and engage you this way, to be like I'm here to fuck shit yep. up now. And I, I shouldn't like, have oh. I shouldn't have assumed that it was gonna be half-assed. Like I see the blades and I'm like, oh, we're gonna get this weapon for the final few fights and that's it. But it's like, oh, they have their own upgradable skill tree. This is, oh, fuck, Jesus Christ. And I felt like the game was so well designed with each weapon in mind for like the the big chunks of the game that you had. Because like once I got the blades, I stuck to the blades. I feel like the game really led me in a way to be like, all right, use the axe for this amount of time, use the blades for this amount of time, and then for the final third, mix between the right. two when you want. And I'm like, God, this is so damn It's depending good. on the on the enemies, right? Like the yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, some yeah. enemies. Yeah. I mean, Boulder also switches between the, the ice fire and fire and ice, forcing yeah. right. to kind of do this. But yeah, there's, you know, the 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 comet team, the engineering team, the animation team, the sound team, like no, none of those... Uh, creators are, are are even remotely half-assed like no matter how much i would be like we need right. to get some of this done they are are perfectionists you right know? they are are the sort of inspiration i think throughout the day for me to to try to be better at what i do right so it's it's amazing like and, and but it was scary as hell because the blades weren't done until like the last year Oh, so geez. we're talking three and a half years of development on the axe, and I'm just like, guys, we got to get to work. Yeah, man. That, that's more of the thought that I had, and like in terms of just game development cycles, and like knowing that, fuck, like how well implemented are these blades actually going to be, and then yeah. seeing them and just this fucking game, man. They earlier, earlier you were that. talking about how in the other God of War games, it's like no weapon would compare to the the blades with the Leviathan axe. It's like that thing is might be the best weapon I've ever used in a video game. Like it's so fun to use no matter how many times I threw the thing, it still felt satisfying. And like it's, it's all the things combined. It's the sound design of it coming back to you. It's the controllers vibrations. Like dude, every time it comes gunk and like it, it, I feel my hand jerk back with it. Like that's how good it felt to throw and grab. And I feel that the decision to have the, the triangle button be the return and it wasn't like a boomerang automatic thing. It, it gave it such Agency, uh, agency. like you had control over, yes. over these moments happening. I, uh, I actually went back and forth with them a lot on this because their first instinct was the button recall. 
And then they were starting to want to introduce, say, oh, nobody wants to hit the button to recall. And I'm like, are you kidding? This is the coolest part of this. I feel like I'm way more in control. I can make choices that are completely fluid and completely sort of non-deterministic, right? And they're like, oh, no, we, people really like the whole automatic boomerang thing. So we went back and forth, and it did become a point where I just had to say, like, I don't care. We are doing the triangle button. We are not changing it. Uh and I think eventually then people started to see, oh, no, we can do even more. Yeah, that the puzzles sort of, yeah. sort of fit in with that. Yeah. Well. The forcing function basically made them go like, oh, okay, now I will go even further on this one. And part of it is that perfectionist of like, that was their first instinct. So they're like, certainly it can't be right because we did triangle button right away. That was our first like prototype had the triangle button. So clearly that's wrong and we yeah. have to change it, right? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You hit on something amazing. So part of... I think my job also is that when we find something good is to just keep people from noodling with it in, in certain ways. And it's like, make this better, but don't change that part. That part is amazing, right? And it just took years for us to get to the point of going, oh, no. Oh, I get it, right? Getting the right sound design in, the right uh, visual effects in, and the animations to kind of match. Because, you know, initially you try to prototype something, it doesn't look that great. And sure. you have to kind of squint your eyes and go like, oh, okay, this is going to be great. For me... It's what the old God of War games, which were great in combat, and I always applaud them for that. But I never, f this is what I always felt like they, so for certain players, that's what it was. Where for me, every button press, everything I'm doing is choreographed, and I know what I'm about to do rather than in God of War, where it was like just, or, you know, the old God of War, yeah, the yeah. trilogy, jumping up and spinning around and doing whatever. Here it, it was a very defined choice of. Throw the, the axe that way, break out the blades, kill this, go back hand to hand. Now I'm going to smash them this way. All right, cool. Ooh, I just unlocked this new ability that I've powered up to, you know, throw ice along the yeah. ground and have that spike up. I want to use that here. Like going through to that minute detail where it was, you know. Because more methodical. Yeah. Exactly. And so many you're people. You're older and you're smarter. And now. so many people talk methodical. about. Me and Kratos, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but so, what I'm saying. It's, uh, honestly, it's, that is a little bit of that. Well, so that, many games try to do that where they're like, oh, play your way and we give you all this stuff. And it just turns out to be like, all right, cool. I've found the two skills I like and that's right, what I use yeah. whereas this game was about experimenting changing doing different things you know having Atreus go from I'm not going to put any of my upgradables into him right. he just sits there and like yells which is good but I don't need him for anything but then right. it, when it started unlocking his tree and it was like oh he can spawn like a whole bunch of wolves yeah, to attack those wolves are so clutch oh dude. okay Jesus. then yeah, all right, yeah I'm going to do that and I can make his arrows cost more damage I also loved like the being able to play how you want it goes all the way just to the options I really appreciate the ability to change your controls because yeah. that's something that I wish every game did and I feel like this game does very well and I did change them I ended up changing the shoulder buttons to be flipped. classic uh, not classic. Them. I didn't go classic, but I flipped them so that heavy yeah. was on R1 yep. and then R2 was more hack and slashy. And I switched the circle and X just because it, it dodging with circle felt more yeah. uh, natural to me. But then also the difficulty Zelda. level being able to maybe it was that. Yeah. Uh, but being able to switch uh, whenever I wanted with the yep. difficulty was huge because I accidentally was playing on hard in the beginning and I was having a real tough time with some of the, the bigger fights. And I was like, oh, man, I was talking to Greg. Hard. I'm like, this is hard. You know, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like. Oh man! And then, but then I looked, and I was like, "I'm going. I'm going to go to easy and see how it is." And I realized I was on hard, so I went to normal. But then, as I started unlocking more skills, I pushed back up to hard, and I played majority of the game on hard, and yeah. it was awesome because yeah. it's like I feel like the the combat is so methodical and it is so in your control that I was like, "I want to. I want to do this." You beat like, Cuphead, dude. I did beat Cuphead, yeah, but yeah. There, but then there was five stars at the end. I'm like, I'm just going normal just because I want to get this. Yeah, beat. Uh, if I but may, I love that I could switch back and forth. Do you yeah. have a cheat code where I could beat the Valkyries? I was just saying to interject. <laughs> fuck these Valkyrie fights. <laughs> God, I'm like, I'm such a badass. I'm so great at this game. And then every time a Valkyrie kicks my teeth and I'm like, God, fucking damn. I was, the point of the Valkyries was that sense of we will let you get there early and we will let them whoop your ass, right? Yeah. There is a, a game I played a while ago, uh, Yid 7. 
And right when you come out of the first uh, town in that game, there's this little like branching path to this gigantic brontosaurus looking creature, right? It hits you once. You have like 120 health and it takes off like 1580 health, right? (laughs) Like on one hit, you're like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Like immediately I'm presented with something that lets me know I have a long way ahead of me. And the Valkyries were that concept of even when you finish the game and you're starting to do a lot of stuff exploring the world, you really have to be on point, right? Like mm-hmm. these are the hardest of the hard. Uh, and some of our most devious combat designers <laughs> put that together. Yeah, Denier I doubled back actually. to them after beating it. I was like, all right, here we go. I was like, yeah. well, no, I'll come back to you. And I'm just doing uh, all the the mist. Just I'm like, going to get every chest, get every portal, and then I'll worry about it. It requires you to be like fully upgrading rage, getting resurrection stones, yeah. using the, the the perfect sort of loadout armor exactly. for that That's character. what I've been, when I've been going up against them, right? And getting Then I'm coming back like, what are they using? Go in, change all my yeah. uh, stones in there to make sure I, I need, you know, flame resistance. I need this kind of attack. Yeah, yeah. I, I killed the that. one in Alpha, I and mean, I was just like, I almost threw my controller at the wall. <laughs> so after you beat it? No, the, I mean, after like the seven or eight times that it looked, oh, yeah. it, the, the fucking jump up in the air, like, oh shit, I didn't dodge it. Like, yeah. She's stopping you, like, shut up, oh, you geez. asshole. Like, oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't even really been asking, we've just been like, yeah, well, we got rushing. We're yeah, all yeah. over it. That's That's we're all part of it. Don't That's worry true. about it. I mean, what do you want to know? I mean, there's, you. I forget, at the party that I talked to you about the thing that happens when you beat the final Valkyrie? Yes. Okay, cool. That's a good That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Yeah. What are you talking about? Huh? Do you want to mention it? Yeah, sure. Because it's Tim podcast. Tim's never going to get there. Mm-mm. This is way harder than Cuphead. He can't do this. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Freya, huh? Yeah. She's the ultimate Valkyrie. She is. In the myth, too. Yeah. She is the, the, the sort of queen of the Valkyries, the shield maiden. Uh, and it's interesting to see that as you go through everything, uh, all these characters have deeper connections. Yeah. Deeper sort of uh, roots and everything that's happening. And sometimes you're expecting it. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's interesting, right? But it's all continuing to be set up. And it's like Freya's, Freya is one of my favorite characters. Because She's awesome. we've set up this origin yeah. story. This origin story that has both sort of tragedy and then, you know, kind of getting knocked down. And this feeling of like, there is a, a mountain that is going to be uh, ascended by her. And it's like, you can just sort of feel what is that next thing going to be and it's like I, what i love is that i think everybody's going to interpret a different way of where they think it's going to go right that final speech um danielle uh Basuti, who did the the sort of performance of freya just utterly nailed that last yes. uh, speech yeah. to to kratos and atreus and set the stage for something i think that's going to be wonderful was there anything I, some of this may be going into territory that you're you don't want to talk about because you might be saving stuff. But was mm-hmm. there anything that you thought, fuck, I really wish we could fit this in? Uh, aside from like the UI sort of in mm. the, the in game UI stuff, there was a bunch of stuff that I had to cut uh, in the second uh, and third year that we started ending up realizing Jesus, it was maybe so a little too big. Right? <laughs> like people are like, this is ridiculous. The game's too big. I'm like, come on, it's like ten hours. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then I just I. There was a point for a year that I was in scoping meetings every week, right? And that was just me feeling, uh, and, and not and not correctly feeling this way. Uh, the producers are utterly amazing on this project, but I would always feel sort of embattled. Like I was, it was like me versus the world, right? And that's just my weird conspiracy theory, fear brain uh, speaking. Uh, everyone was looking out for the betterment of the game, right? But I was always like, no, 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 my toys, my toys, don't take my toys. Um, but I think... Everything we did get rid of was for the better, even though it was wonderful. There are some amazing level designs that we just could not realize. Muspelheim was, was uh, you know, 
two thirds larger oh, wow. than it was. That's a one third level that we ended up with, uh, simply because hey, we ran out of time and we're like, all right, you know what? We can still make this. This this, this still works. Uh, was it going to be the same idea? Of... The same thing. It was just a much bigger volcano. Okay, wow. oh, so okay. like it was just huge, mm. and the, the the time it took to get up there was amazing, and it was it felt like a, this this sort of epic journey in and of itself, but it also was fairly unrealistic for uh, us to to get done in the time frame that we had. So we made. Smart calls that were at the time feeling hard, but like I said, they felt, you know, everything sort of happened for a reason. Cool. Uh, but from a story perspective, from a, a, a sort of mechanics perspective, and, and, and just the overall feel of the game, this is the first thing I have ever worked on where I feel like it is done. Right, and that's weird because I know a lot of people say on the creative side like nothing's ever done. You just yeah. sort of get forced to put it out, and I do feel like a lot of other projects I've had that where it's like, nah, I wish I could have had another year on it. Um, not only from a health perspective uh, that I don't wish I had another year on this, um, <laughs> but I think from just the feeling of satisfaction. Like I played through this game so many times, and I've never made something where at the end I felt satisfied. Right? Sure, that I felt like oh. Oh, this is good. Like, I'm not sure if anybody else is going to like it, but like, I feel good about this. I feel like we got like the, the initial vision, right? The first PowerPoint I presented four weeks after coming back to Santa Monica in August of 2017, right? Which was like, you know, here is the, the core tenets of this. And I look back on it and I actually did a presentation to the team um, right before we were done that basically I pretended as if I was giving that pitch four weeks in. So I just stood up in front of the team. They had no idea what I was doing. And I just started saying, you know, hey, thanks, Shu Scott, for coming. I'm going to give you an update on the, the God of War game. You know, so here's our plan for the next few years, right? Like yeah. A few years, because I really did think it was going to be a couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah we'll get it done in two years. No problem. Uh, and it was amazing when you really look at it. You go like, wow, what we set out to do, we did, right? We, yeah. we, we sort of stuck to our guns. We, we fought hard and we worked our guts out and... I feel like we reached a point where every one of us was proud of the thing that we did. And I kept saying to people, that's what I want. Regardless of the response out with the people, it would be amazing that every one of us is proud. Like, I want to tell my son about this. I'm proud to tell my wife what I did. I'm proud to show her what I did. And that, you know, I've worked on some pretty crap games in the past. And not the God of War games, but like, you know, Backyard Wrestling. I'm looking at you, kid. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Robots. And again, everybody worked their ass off on those games. They're not sure. You know, they're not for lack of people trying. They're just you know trying to make a game in six months. Like, yeah, not yeah. exactly the easiest thing in the world. But now I'm to a point like this one. I don't know. I don't know if I, I can ever repeat it. I'm, I'm sure so happy you. that you recorded your reaction to the reviews. Mm. Like my, th it's videos like that, those just like wholesome gifts, whole, like all that stuff. I love, I love that so much. Oh, and like seeing you. your reaction to it, it's so genuine that it like it. It's just it's so heartwarming. And it's like I love that within three seconds you see your eyes go from like oh thank God to oh really to fuck yeah. <laughs> it's so great. I didn't expect that reaction like i did it simply because i was like i love reaction videos i i, I sort of consume them obsessively now thanks to e3 2016 <laughs> so i was like oh i should try that right and i, I mentioned to somebody i'm like oh, i might try that when i when i read the reviews and like oh you should totally do it do it i'm like all right cool and i have this ritual where anytime anything comes out uh that that reviews are there i am sequestered i go away from everybody you know have a little whiskey and just uh sit and consume what it is, whether good or bad, I sort of take it all in. Um, 
And, you know, I'm in a hotel in Sydney by myself. I just had an awesome day uh, at Everly Station where we were casting axes and blacksmithing. And I'm carrying around, you know, 1100 C crucibles of brass and stuff like that. <laughs> just imagining I'm the asshole who drops it and, you know, burns the guy who's, <laughs> who's a blacksmith. And, and thankfully, no, I was not that guy, but I was afraid that I was. Uh, and... <laughs> So you know, it was Lucy O'Brien who burned somebody. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so and, and you know, I got back and 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 just did it thinking, oh whatever, I'll probably never use this. Yeah. And definitely that thing was like fifteen minutes long and most of it was just me like not being able to collect myself. But it was awesome. I think it's cool. Like I, I, it's awesome that people are responding positively. Sure. Right. I really I I really did show this because I wanted my son to see that it's okay. To, to show emotion, to, to be vulnerable. Right. I think that's an awesome lesson for him. I think there's a part that I wasn't really seeing until recently that I think part of it was for my wife, that she sees me as somebody who doesn't show emotions. I try to be the calm person in the chaos, and I think I think that's bad. And and I think maybe a part of it is an apology to her that I don't, I don't open up enough. Like, she is... She truly is sort of the North Star for me. Uh, and I would never make it through any of this without her. And I think, unfortunately, my son hasn't even seen it because he's in kind of a, a sad place now. Uh, it's interesting. He's He loves bugs. He loves salamanders, but he's afraid of flies. And the weather is changing in Sweden right now, so there's a lot of flies. And it's just emotionally very <laughs> challenging for him uh, to, to see flies. Uh, it's the weirdest thing, okay. right? Uh, just and, in conflict, yeah. Right. So that, that, that conflict is basically saying, she's like, I don't know if I want to show him because I don't know if he'll understand that it's a happy thing. And yeah. We haven't explained it. And I said, that's all right, because I'd like to watch with him. I'd like to talk about sure. it. And they're thankfully coming back in May. I'm so excited. How long have they been gone? Since January. Oh, wow. I've seen them know. for three days oh my uh, God, over the last four months. And it's been, it's been exceptionally trying, you know, I kept yeah. trying to tell her that, no, you know what? I'm going to be working a lot. It's totally fine. You guys are better off there, but it's, there's a piece of me that's missing. Sure. And it's been missing totally. for months. Totally. And it was an amazing thing after the Norway event to see them for three days in Sweden, but it was also super sad, right? Yeah. Because the, the clock's ticking. Yeah, I know I'm going to go. Clock's ticking and like the day before I had to fly out, I had to leave it really early in the morning the next day. And Hilo finally understood that daddy was going away. Wow. And he just sort of buried his head in, in my wife's chest and then kind of got up and went into the other room and closed the door. Ugh. And it broke my heart. Like, I was just like, oh, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like to be sad in front of us anymore. And I was like, oh, I'll go talk to him. And I opened the door. He's like, go away. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. That's boy. A, right, boy. <laughs> right? There's a lot a, you can learn from this right. game called God of War. It is, yeah. It's like, uh, I, I, I really feel like as creators, we do have a tiny bit of a responsibility to connect to people and perhaps share something, perhaps help elevate people just a little bit. Mm, and I think mm. I've never done that in anything I've previously done. You We've know, definitely like, done that here. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm glad that, that people are responding positively. No, I that. think not only in the message of the game, the lessons learned there of seeing Kratos mature, or seeing Kratos deal with emotions and how to be a father and all these different struggles that I think he comes out obviously better on the end. Like even, like, you know, because that was my fear of playing the game is that it would always be the... You know, right. I'm not touching the boy. Like, oh, come on. And like, the we address it so early on and continue to address it and continue yeah. to see him evolve change in the way he interacts with him. But then to the reaction video... Whether you knew it or not, I think that's so important to what it is to be a creator in 2018 and yeah. what it is to be a video game developer in 2018 in the way that I think 
it's been getting better for a while, but more and more, and thanks to videos like this, people are understanding that there are people behind the games. That, yeah. You know what I mean? People are starting to understand the sacrifices right. that people make to make these projects and games. And for a while, I think it was something that didn't get represented really well in the media because it's hard to write that when you're reviewing a game. And we weren't doing personality interviews for the longest time. Yeah. But you see that now and then to see... Uh, you know, I know Kotaku put up... Or maybe it was GameSpot, maybe both, collected all the other studios congratulating you right on how oh, well yeah, got it. and cool. it's like there's another great thing of see it's all it's not a console war it's not this these are human beings who all hang out and go to dice and see each other yeah. in between their projects and make something awesome and we have an amazing community i mean i'm so privileged i think to be part of making games with the people who make games now yeah because we all intensely intensely love the thing we do and it's not that like, oh, we just love telling stories. No, we love making games. We understand that our field is different from TV and movies and that we are just, I think, truly getting our sea legs to understand the power that we have and the connections that we can make to people. And it is amazing to see other studios, you know, be able to say, hey, great job. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, I'm the giant fan of all of these people. So every time they make a game, I am in awe. Right, I completely fanboy out on all of these amazing creators, right? Because I'm part of this community, right? I feel very connected to everybody. So it's amazing that we can perhaps get back to a little bit of what, you know, almost like what GDC used to be, mm. right? And I keep saying this, like GDC used to be that, like, get together and go, how did you do that? Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. How did you do that? It's like, I brought the game over to show Neil just because I'm super in admiration of him and everything they do over at Naughty Dog. And it was unexpected but also expected of like we went into their screening room and a bunch of people from the team came in and they're like how did you do that what are you doing on the the the, the texture maps there we do months on this one and it was like they were asking me a bunch of stuff that i had no clue about <laughs> you're like no i signed <laughs> right? a team and they just make it happen and i was like yeah, i really <laughs> wish i'd have brought some other people here because that is what's so awesome is that we look at each other's work and we go how did you do that what were you doing there what were you thinking right and i think to me that's how we make great things is that we challenge each other, we inspire each other, and we also elevate and help and lift each other up, right? That we are not in competition, right? That perhaps there is the friendly internal competition. Sure. We all want to, to be the best. But honestly, for me, I am just so enamored with ever being considered a colleague of any of these people. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Right. Just answer every question with a volumetric fog. Volumetric fog. That's all right. you gotta say. Yeah. Or subsurface or scattering. Yes. For the longest time on the the project, they, everybody knew I had no clue what subsurface. Do you scattering know what was, subsurface but... scattering is? No. It's when you could see through the ear, like when light is behind it, or through different skin. Check out the big brain on Brad <laughs> over Andy here. He used to be a developer, former game developer. Ah, of course. He made worked on DC two Universal massive line. games. <laughs> I had to, I had to have that explained to me multiple times. Just like the uh, the the Twitch thing, right? Uh, I am a, a little bit, you know, thick. I don't, I don't connect to a lot of stuff now because I'm so heads down working on the game. But we were in the car, and Aram showed me uh, the the screenshot of Twitch, saying, you know, hey, look, uh, God of War's on, on Twitch number one. I'm like, oh, cool, nice. Didn't really get the fuck it. Does that mean? Didn't really, <laughs> didn't really equate to me. But I was like, yeah, I'm not totally pretending. Like that half my job is just pretending I know what I'm talking yeah. about. Then I get back to the studio. And I'm walking past a bunch of people, and they're like, hey, man, how about that Twitch thing? I was like, yeah, right on. And then Eric's like, yeah, the Twitch thing is cool. Eric Williams just looks at me. He knows me better than so many other people knows me. And he sees the vacant expression in my eye when I say, like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, you don't get it, do you? I'm like, 
All right, you, no one else is around. Yeah, I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? He had to explain it to Close me. Close the door, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're you're already Scarpino. So. Right. And, and he was just like, look, this is this is the, what's up. Like, it's all multiplayer games. Like, take a look at all these things here. Like, for a single-player game, in an age of the death of single-player single player games, games, it is the number one thing streamed, even if it's only for one or two days. That's like, take that, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I think it is proof positive that, you know, you make something that you care about, you make something that people resonate with, and it doesn't matter. Great multiplayer games, great single-player games, great cooperative games. They are consumed by people who love games, right? But clearly, I have no idea what Twitch is all about. So I need to learn more. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Do you, have tw- uh, do you have Amazon Prime by chance? I do. <laughs> if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. You get to give away a free 30-day subscription. We'd love to have it at kind of That's funny games. That's totally just organically <laughs> blended into <laughs> the episode. <laughs> in incognito mode, you can log into Amazon. I'll give you a subscription to us. That is so oh, fantastic. Always be pitching. Here's, uh, I, I, I want to get through some of the reader stuff. We'll go faster in a little bit. And I, I, I'm going I'm to end at 10.30. If that works for everybody, I think we, you said we had us for two hours, right? Perfect. All right, great. Um, my question for you is a hard one, kind of ambiguous, but stick mm, with me. I like these. What is next? You said you've been talking about, you know, you went too far. You're going to do the next game kind of thing. Is that the plan is, do you have in your head? Is this now a trilogy? Is it as long as it takes? My one request is, and I, I think we're on the, probably on the same page. Don't do DLC. Uh, that was yeah. I don't have any. DLC plans. I, okay, good. Because I wanted everything. Like, I didn't want a DLC to feel like, oh, well, I'll save this for DLC. I was like, right. no, I didn't save anything. We didn't leave anything on the field, man. We we put it all in there. I, I struggled with this, I think, on a Games Daily talking to either Andrew or Jared about it. Of This question came in of, like, do you think there'll be DLC? And I'm like, I hope not. And then I was like, well, it's not because I don't like the game. It's that... And, I, you know, at IGN, we used to always say, you know, a 10 out of 10 doesn't mean it's perfect. It means it's a masterpiece. I truly believe this is a perfect game. And I think it is so complete and so well done. And the fact that I am now, I don't know, 10, 15 hours into it post post credits, wow. post story where I'm wow. and I it's always still clawing behind my eyes that I just want to go play it. Like, I don't I think there's so much in there that is a perfect game that there's nothing more you could add on or do or unlock any other realms for that. I don't want that. I'd rather see your story continue the other way and let this exist as it is. The things that you couldn't access are part of a, a larger plan. Okay. Right? That, Fantastic. Uh, that for me, we had mapped out really a good understanding of where we want to go. That doesn't mean we we sort of have a script for the second game done or anything oh, like sure, that. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think the, the, the idea of supporting the game a little bit, you know, a lot of people have been saying, New Game Plus, like something I wanted a while ago, but as everything was coming together, it was like certain things just didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. And... Part of what we built in this one was that Castlevania flipping of the castle in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. It felt like while the, the core story is done, I didn't want a differentiation between the core story and everything that you could do in the world. It had to feel just as connected, just as uh, much attention paid to it, so that when you got to that point, you're like, okay, this is the end of the game. Wait, no, it's not the end of the game, right? It is that feeling I had when I first played Symphony of the Night, and I was like, well, what? Yeah. I loved like, how that was done because I feel like there's, you know, especially in the age of Marvel movies and stuff, of post-credit scenes, and people kind of know what to expect from all of that. Biggest post-credit scene ever. And I, <laughs> it, and I love that, though, and I feel like it segues so so nicely where you're playing through, you have this big final battle, and then when you go through and it calms down, you're doing that walkout. When the credits start rolling, but you're still playing, yep. I was like, this is such a brilliant decision because it, it it feels like it's not actually ending. You just yeah. like the, you get the the end credits, so you know you're that thanks right. for playing thing. But then it's also like, uh, so what do you want to go now? Like, oh, let's go do this. And there's like they're already giving you 
uh, ideas of like where you should go. It's like, yeah. oh, you, you should go home, or you could do this, right. and then you go home and do all that stuff, and that's Thor. Are you, right. are you freaking kidding? I love that. It, I love that it wasn't the the end screen with like you can continue Commander Shepard's adventure. Like, yeah. Congratulations yeah. on beating God yes of War. Yes or no? Right? <laughs> There's yeah. still more stories to see here. Yeah. yeah. The, the funny part was that uh, I was texting Greg about this. It's like I had rolled credits. I, I don't know what date was, but then three days later. Again, I'm not the type of person to ever jump back into a game just because uh, when I'm done, I'm done. And it's like I want to move on to something else. Right. But I wanted, I, I enjoy the combat so much. Whereas in a lot of games that have these phenomenal like cinematic experiences and mm. stuff like that, mm. I I feel like I'm moving from cutscene to cutscene yeah. because I'm so invested in the story. But I love the combat in this game so much, yep. and it's so addicting, and it feels great that I wanted to keep on playing. So I'm I'm playing like three days later after I beat it, and then I was like. Oh, I haven't gone home. And then I go home and I experience that and I just text a great like now I just rolled credits. Right. And holy fuck, what a what an awesome moment. And that's like again, like this awesome Marvel sort of cutscene that That was the, you know. the experience that I wanted. Was that sense that I didn't want to put a marker on the map. I didn't want to force you. I wanted to mention it in a cinematic that come, let's go home. And then if you choose, you have that moment of, oh, I haven't done this yet, right? Yeah. And then you get the surprise. Because I feel like it is only a little tease, but that little tease is so much more potent when it feels like you were the one who had the agency to go home as sure. opposed to like, oh, you're forcing me to go there. We had a little bit. I think people were like, oh, people aren't going to know go, to go home. So we really directed them to it. And there was a bit of a ho-hum response simply because they were like, oh, you forced me to go Hand all the way holding, back here. Yeah. Right. And I was like, that's the magic of everything in this game is that we don't force you to do it. Give a little bit of information. If you choose to do this, you get that sense. I discovered this. Agency. Right? Yes. Agency and a feeling of ownership over the discovery. Yeah. Like, I had so many moments in previous games uh, that I've played throughout my life that I felt like I was the only one who found this, right? And I know my, my sort of logical brain said, like, clearly everybody else found this, but you feel so much more invested when it's like, no, 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 no. I'm the, I'm the first foot here, yeah. right? And yeah. that's amazing, right? It's the uh, modern day or the past equivalent of like first post, right? Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> first. Right. And then once you have that little fucking firestone that feels really good and sounds oh, yeah. great when you hit the glass, <laughs> like just uh, all of that feels so great and the sound of it, like it, I want to kind of do it on my own, you know? <laughs> but then you find out that like, holy shit, there's all these doors that I never opened. Like, yeah, it's just so great, man. Yeah, Metroidvania. <laughs> so awesome. Exactly. It's, it's very, very cool. Exactly. Also, shout out to the head, man. Mimir, I was going to say. Character yeah. of the game. Dude, yes. so fucking Such right. a good decision to have an extra character. Me and Kevin were talking about how, how cool it is that, you know, for so long, it's just, it's Kratos and Atreus talking back and forth. And mm -hmm. you kind of get used to the dynamic. The moment he's introduced, it's just like, great. Now we can get exposition in a way that doesn't feel forced, right. but it's fun. And like, there's can be more joking and like shit talking. And it feels God. like somebody's telling you the casual story of what happened between these gods the other day at a party. Yeah. yeah. Right? The totally. amount of times I, I, oh, there's where I'm going. And I'd row up and he's still talking. I'm like, well, we're just going to chill. Right. Yeah. We're exactly. just going to wait. This is too good of a story. I'm enjoying yeah. it too much. I'm so glad. What was there? There, I hope there wasn't. But was there ever a decision to add, combat in the boat because i'm glad there's not oh my god that is amazing that you should say that sir thank you everybody pay number, one games that one. number one games number one games guys. uh yeah th there was uh combat was one of the things cut the boat was was very controversial through the development of this project a lot of people hated the boat there was some loathing for the boat uh and i initially wanted swimming um but you know, it was 3D navigation of an AI partner when you're already dealing with the 2D navigation sure. of an AI partner. Just put was, Atreus on a little pallet. 
Right. Put it on a little pallet, right? And and it was basically just riding on your back, right? <laughs> it was like there's no way we can do this. Technically, uh, it's going to be difficult. We can do it. It's not impossible, but it would mean that you're sacrificing someone else or something else. And I said, "All right, fine. I'll give it up because in the boat we can connect more. We can have them go in there and we can tell stories and all this kind of stuff." So the 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 idea of doing that was from the beginning, but we always wanted exploration narrative or narrative exploration combat. Right. And combat was the third thing that eventually, as we started to scope more stuff out, the combat became ejected from it. That It was like, no, I think this could be strong enough. But the boat didn't feel good for years. Mm. So everybody kept going, I'm looking at you, boat. This is terrible. Like, this is the one thing we don't need to do. Boat of war. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's the there's a lot of flying leaps you take, I think, at the beginning of a project that you just have to sort of if you believe in it, you got to push through it, even if everybody's doubting it and then find those three or four people. Who are like, I'm going to make this thing sing, right? And I think that's the the key to this team is there's always something that somebody goes, you know what? I want to take that on. I want to be the one to realize this. I think I can make it amazing. And it's that sort of tenacity that they fight through any of the uncertainty and the doubt and actually make something that is amazing. I, I agree with you. I'm glad that we didn't have comment on the boat just because I think it created that time to enjoy stories. And, and it didn't click for us until your sort of example happened in playtest naturally, mm. where people were listening to a story and they arrived where they were and they turned around and just started like circling and then doing that. And they were like, does he not know how to dock the boat? Did the, the button not come up? Yeah. Everyone's getting really worried. Like, oh man, <laughs> they get broke and it broke. And then all of a sudden he goes over and docks. We're like, what was that? We ask him. And he said, no, no, no. He was just telling a cool story. So I wanted to wait. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'll get back to that later. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. do this um, that's a good accent there. You got thanks, that. Thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate nice it, Greg. Um, because I feel like at any moment the boats could have felt like the elevators of Mass Effect One, yeah. mm. where it is just like this chore that you're doing, but you made it important, and you made me so many times not do the next thing because again I wanted to hear what yeah. was going on. So that's I just awesome. feel like everything was executed so goddamn well. It's it's impressive that this game even works. Like, <laughs> I, I agree with that. It blows and me away. Man, it's beautiful, too. Yes. Like, I got a, a beautiful TV, and man, this is my new standard for HDR, yeah. where it's just like, like, you need to come over and see it. It's going to yeah. convince you to well, get it. Well, I mean, TV, when we man. played at the thing, it was, yeah. yeah. It's just so nuts yeah. to see the, I mean, the, the, the differences between light and dark. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So what's know. what's really funny is, uh, I, I don't know if they, this was mentioned the first time you are here, but our community manager, Joey Noel... Um, the person who introduced her to kind of funny's content is an environment artist, Galen, and he he oh, wow. works that he worked on the game. So that was a really cool connection. And the first time I met him was at E three, and growing up in game art, like I went to school for game art, and somebody that I idolized was Raf Grissetti. Mm. And I like every day in class we were looking I also at it, idolized we Raph were looking Grissetti. at his blog and it's just like how the fuck does he make it? Yeah, he worked on Mass Effect 2 as well. Jesus, how did he make that and like he just posted something 2 days ago. Now he already has this thing like <laughs> it, the guy's a fucking like a genius at what he does or whatever. So a demon. it was He's it was a wizard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it was really cool connecting with Galen talking about like fuck you work with 
Because he walked up to me and was like, oh, you work with Greg. How's that? I'm like, you work with Raph. How's that? Like, it was a really cool moment. And yeah, I You're thought that was like, like disappointing. That's like some inside baseball kind of funny. <laughs> You're braced while you cry. You're both geniuses. You know, I have been called that. I, I want to get some questions in here. Final few minutes. You don't, it'd be as fast as you want to be. You right. know what I mean? Tin Man 215. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, follow Kind of Funny on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Kind of Funny Vids. Says, was there any particular reason you you made Kratos always call his son boy, but when there was trouble, you would call him by his name. This was a great game, by the way. Congrats on all the success. P.S. Is Kratos the world serpent? There have been fights on the Reddit about this. Ooh, wow. Interesting theory. All right. First and foremost, uh, boy was born first of boy. me not procrastinating and not coming up with Atreus's name. <laughs> and then I had a hook uh, that he was going to call him by his name for the first time at the end of the game. So the reveal of his name would be uh, the Atreus, which is where when we started realizing the the Loki thing, that's when we said, oh, we're reversing now. We're going back. So it wouldn't be he calls him boy the whole time and then refers him that. And I was like, you know what? This is great because it makes us realize son is the, the sort of moniker that I think is the personal connection. When yeah. he refers to him as my son, he, he, he takes... And not in the, the, the weird way of like ownership, but he takes ownership of the role of being his father. He acknowledges his son as being his son, I think, for the first time. And that was super important to have that moment click. And I think all the things that just sort of fell into place made that happen the right way that it needed to. Is Kratos the world serpent? Uh, no. Because you've seen him in the same place at the same time. But you know, um, he got kicked through time or whatever. Remember, the world serpent exists kind of all over the place. That's that was a big thing true. you guys said in your game. And then Kaz, yes. you know, Kaz here says in the, in the same thing. So, as the serpent is Loki's, Atreus's son. That's in traditional myth, correct? That is the myth. Okay. Yep. Is he going to be born... Is he going to be born as Kratos dies? And indeed, Kratos being sent back in time to help them stop the true ending of Ragnarok explains the beard and the white and the red scales on the world serpent. All right. Uh, all right. That's a lot of stuff. And, and most of it is like potentially spoilers, Nick. spoilers for the future. No, Nick. Uh, didn't you hear Nick beat the stranger and put down his controller? And he was like, that's a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Nick beat the stranger and he put down the controller and said, I am the god of war. He said that, he said that. that. (laughs) Cause I can tell you that all these things are going to be answered uh, in the future, but you know, we've set, we've set a lot of uh, things in motion with this game and uh, we intend to sufficiently answer every one of these things. Maybe it's Loki because Loki loves animals. Them snakes. Right? You know? Oh, he does love snakes. Yeah, we learned that in Thor Ragnarok. By the way, you got to watch the movies. I really have to watch that. Somebody buy Thor Ragnarok for this guy. so funny. Kenny wrote in to twitter.com slash kindoffunnyvid and said, I'd like to hear about the Souls game's influence on God of War. I'm a massive Souls fan and Bloodborne has been my favorite game of all time and I was psyched to see how much the Souls style combat is in God of War, not to mention the parry system, even the level of challenge on hard mode. Is Corey a big souls fan and if so which games in particular i'm very little so i'm a little souls fan <laughs> uh I, I would say for me personally there is an influence on the Souls series when i heard the story of uh miyazaki sort of talking about the birth of these right that he loved D mm-hmm. uh and he couldn't read english so therefore he would read the D books and sort of intuit from the images what the story was and that kind of gave birth to this idea that he would have a game that you had to work a little bit, right? That it wasn't on the surface level that everything was explained to you. You sort of had to work. Uh, I thought that was awesome. 
from a, a gameplay perspective, there's a little bit of that. I think uh, Jason McDonald, the lead combat designer on this game, is a huge fan of what he calls the game of the century, Neo. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are aspects of, you know, uh, the combat system within several games, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, and uh, Neo as well. Uh, and even Ninja Gaiden and Onimusha, you know, these are all influences from our past and influences of games we're playing now. Mm. So... Mm. There are definitely uh, touches of all of these games within some of the decision-making that we have, but at no point do we ever really look at something and go, let's just make that, right? It's more like, how did I feel when I played that? How did I feel at this moment? Why did I feel like that? What did they do? Oh, that's really interesting. Could we do something like that? It all kind of boils down to like how each individual player feels when they're doing something. That is the inspiration I think we pull mostly from. Good answer. At Rio, is that how you pronounce that, Andy? At Rio? At Trio? At Trio. At Trio. It says, how much of the canceled sci-fi game was reworked into God of War? None. Yeah? Uh, you know, not a disrespect to the, the, the sci-fi game, but it was just no, no, I don't think vastly different. Uh, there was a, a very different direction that they were going in, and um, what was worked in, I think, was the collective sort of creative energies of everybody who came over sure. immediately after that and just kind of dove in headfirst on this project. A Red Room writes in and says, I think... There's loads of awesome attention to small details in God of War. Mm, what are some you. of your favorite little things in the game? Mine are the way Kratos punches open chests and the so- short animation of Kratos slash Atreus passing Mimir's head back and forth as they get in and out of boats. Okay, I love the passing of the Mimir's head, but there's a funny story about the, the punching of the chests because uh, throughout the project, I was trying to steer people away from some of our initial decision-making, right? Meaning w- decisions we would have made in the past... Uh, I wanted us to try to think differently just so that we could potentially find, discover a new way of something. So it got to the point where, uh, you know, when Atreus is carving in the the, the sand, yeah. uh, I didn't want him to stab the knife. I was like, I think we can come up with something better. It turned out that was the best thing, and I was just being a, a baby about it. And the the punch chest, uh, as it was heretofore referred to as, uh, I was saying, oh, man, like I love this. It's really cool, but I feel like that's sort of the way we would have looked at it before. Is there another way we can look at this? I'm and, Kratos and yeah. I'm angry. Ah, but uh, it turned out that, again, instinct's wrong on my part. Instinct's right on the team's part to kind of keep pushing that one. So I liked it, but at the same time, I was like, ah, maybe we... And it looked really good right away. That was yeah. the other thing, is that <laughs> somebody had really gone overboard and done an amazing job the first pass. So it's harder to change it when it looks great, right? So I was like, all right, well, I guess we're going to look at it and go like, ah, there's no reason to change it. We won't maybe find that magical idea. But turns out we found that magical idea. It was awesome. It was a great indicator of Kratos' character. For me, the little touches are these moments with... Kratos and Atreus. I mean, my favorite moment, I think, in the entire game of a little touch is when they're in the boat and they're having a conversation and Atreus says something and Atre- and Kratos goes, huh. And Atreus yeah. goes, did you just laugh? Yeah, though? I love right? that. I do not laugh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, yeah. right? Uh, the, the, those moments just felt so legitimately real and it's yes. like in the early portions to have a bit of his armor break down but then come right back up lets you know that later, right, he's going to loosen up. So when he has the the wine with his son, yeah. right, and that yeah. ah, thing, that was added at the last Beautiful. minute. My son and I did that, like, the night before the shoot. And I was like, ooh, and so we're on the set, and I'm like, guys, I want to add this, right? I got an idea. And at first they were like, that's a little corny. I was like, yeah, you know what? It is a little fucking corny. Fuck you. I'm in uh, charge of fire. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point I was fearful that, oh, man, did I just screw that scene up? But it was cool because it was taken from a legitimate moment. That I had had with my son, so 
It's a great moment. Yeah, that and shout out to the one that first one that cracked me up was when uh, he uh, rotates the thing out in the the middle of the lake, and, and Trace is like, "That was really heavy. Did you hurt your back?" Right. No, I did not hurt my back. <laughs> like, they have such a back. weird, honest conversation yeah. Yeah. with Kratos. All those moments were cool too, where like Kratos would lift something super heavy, and I was just like. Wait, what the yeah, hell? Right. Well, like, yeah. Even the beginning, right, of like when he comes out and like, why are these people even interested in us? We're nobodies. Right. What happened out here? And that was like, for me, is that the player like, oh, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, like yeah. He, We didn't even have to have it told to me at that point that, yeah, oh my God, no, he didn't know this And he's all. just dad. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you don't have any experience with any other people. Dad being able to do these things, he isn't questioning it in the beginning, but as he starts to get further in, he starts to wonder. Like, even when he's talking to, to Frey at that point, he's like, yeah, dad's always been strong, right? It's just that very matter of fact thing yeah. that... He doesn't really fully get it, and as the world gets bigger, his understanding of things starts to come into question, right? And he starts asking all these questions, as we do when we're kids. Why, 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 why? Yeah, What's yeah. this all about? And I think that's just such a fun, organic development of this character. A final question from uh, a person who's definitely not me um, in the <laughs> questions. Uh, Andy knows how to model uh, and texture stuff. Can he make a pot or... A vase in maybe Asgard because he knows how to use 3ds Max and ZBrush and Substance Painter. It's definitely not me asking the question, right. Corey. Before you definitely answer this, fan, you can go look at Andy's Twitter last night. You can even work Premiere Pro, so I don't know. If it's <laughs> fucking really... bugs, dude. <laughs> 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 really you want to bring on your team right now? You're a you don't have to answer team. that. I'll, you could say yes. Later. <laughs> it's all good. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, let's. Nick's assassin can get the final one. What was the hardest part about making God of War? Wow, that's an open question there. Uh, he's good right. at those. That Nick what was the hardest part? Assassin. All right, so <laughs> he's known for his open questions. Oh <laughs> uh, man, there are so many difficult challenges to making a game of this scale. I think it is the uh, this the the length of time you have to stay alert. Uh, you know, four years uh, of of constantly being uh, on point, right, and constantly keeping an eye on every single aspect. And that, that I just feel like there was a, a year of time at the end that I could have easily just passed out and slept for a month, right? That I was uh, very much ready to be done. Uh, and there wasn't even a point where we had said, like, maybe we're going to release in October. In fact, actually, it wasn't really us. Other people were just telling us, you're going to release in October of 2017. And we're like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, no, you could totally do it. And I just, dude, we're not. No. <laughs> right. And like, we'll tell you when we think we're going to be able to release. And we, we really didn't want anybody to know the release date until we knew for sure. Right. Like, that was one thing that I think was very good about this team was, you know, we're going to commit to a release date and we're going to make that release you're date. too good it's like i love that you're just like okay we're not going to put a release date out until we know we're going to make sure there's no microtransactions we're going to no dlc it's all going to be their single player game it's like what why i fear <laughs> that you have ruined games for me for the rest of my life <laughs> seriously <laughs> i just I, I honestly i just remember so much of the joy i had when i started playing games right that yeah. sense of we would go to a, a, a local video store called President Video right down the street from us, me and my friend, my favorite Scott, story. right? Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would rent, you know, an NES or then when the Super Nintendo came out, we would rent the, the, the Super Nintendo. We'd find a single game and we'd play the hell out of that yeah. all weekend, right? And it, you know, we, we couldn't afford to buy games, but I think at the time, had we been able to afford, we would buy that one game 
And that one game would provide every single thing for us, right? We would have this amazing experience. We'd go talk to other people at school about it. We'd come back when we got new information and we'd try something else out, right? I still remember Link to the Past and this memory of, holy crap, you can put a bomb against the wall and you find other stuff inside of there and then us just going and pouring over every aspect of it. To me, that was the amazing part of the community, was the community on the playground, the community mm-hmm. at school, the community of me and my friend passing the controller back and forth and just going through this. And it wasn't that it was any one type of game. It was just the joy of exploring, having an adventure and feeling like, wow, this is new, right? This this is this is something that a movie can't provide us. This is something that a TV show could not, although at the time TV was not as big as it is right now, but it was movies could not provide us. Sure. And I don't know. Like 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 I, I continue to to be thankful that some people still roll with us on this idea of, you know, we're going to give you everything. Like the orange box affected me deeply. Sure. In the sense that they gave me more for 60 bucks than any game had ever given me. And I was like, this is awesome. And from that point on, I kept constantly telling people, like, I kind of want to have an orange box, right? And it isn't just a collection of games. It is what that means. It says, we love you here. Yeah. Right. Right. That you are the your reason that I have a job, yeah. right? And that you're, you're, you know, you're going to allow me to keep being a child for longer. And I thank you all for that because I am incredibly thankful. I don't do something in which I just sit in a room and I'm unaffected or unconnected by anybody else. I am employed because people support the things that we do. And I'm unbelievably uh, indebted and humbled by it. Corey, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for God of War. I'm pretty sure you've made my favorite video game of all time. So Seriously, thank you for that. that's amazing. Yeah. Like that's that's awesome. No, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. Of course, this is the kind of funny God of War spoiler cast. If you're not one of our subscribers already, please click that subscribe button. Subscribe to whatever podcast service you're listening to. Consider going to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, as soon as we sign off, Corey's going to use his Twitch Prime for our <laughs> for Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. Why don't you? You got Amazon Prime, right? Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been our pleasure to serve you.